The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to the deserted place all by yourselves and rest for a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of time. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and the villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves have you? Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all of the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he took them up to heaven and blessed them and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of the fish. And those who had eaten the loaves numbered 5,000 men. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Thanks, Craig. So I want to start today um, and show you a cartoon on the screen. So there, a little boy doing a math problem for his teacher on the chalkboard, 5 times 7 equals 75, and his response is, it may be wrong, but it's how I feel. I have a sense that all of you teachers in the room can relate. We are not just minds that can be programmed with formulas to get the right expected answers. We come with our whole selves, feelings and environments as we live and learn. I bet the feelings of this little kid in the cartoon were shared with the disciples and with Jesus in this story. Prior to what we hear, the disciples had been sent out in pairs to towns and villages with specific instructions that they could not take anything with them. They were to trust on the hospitality of the people around them, and while they were in these towns, they were to cure the sick and cast out demons. Well, now they are all back together and wanting to share all that they have learned and their experiences. And you can imagine it like a classroom with Jesus at the center and all the disciples gathered around them raising their hands. I have something to tell you. So Jesus, sensing the flurry, suggests that they get away to have a little time to catch up, to tell these stories, to take a breath, and to have some time set aside 
to eat at leisure together. So they get into a boat and they go to another location, a more deserted location on the other side of the lake. But we hear that people see them leaving and they recognize Jesus and immediately then they follow them on foot because they are so curious to what Jesus is about, his teaching and his acts. So in the moment of escape to a quiet place to catch a breath, they are greeted on the shore to a huge crowd that had already gathered. You know this feeling, right? You've been away and all you want to do is go home, take a shower, unpack, lay down, catch up on the mail, grab a bite to eat, and then put yourself in a protected bubble just so you can rest. But instead, the spotlight shines brightly again. And in that unexpected moment of wanting to hide away and forget the rest, Jesus had compassion for the crowds. He saw them like sheep without a shepherd. If you know sheep, they're roaming and bumping around into one another with these dazed looks in their eyes. The word for compassion here is a feeling word. Compassion here does not mean you feel obligated to do something. Compassion is a gut word deep in your belly when you know I must act because there is a need and I have something to offer. Compassion like I can't not do something. And Jesus, without a break or a breath, then begins to teach. Now, Mark doesn't tell us how the disciples were doing at this point, but you can imagine they're on fumes thrown into another teaching seminar when really all they want is a snack and a nap. They're looking for a breaking point and finally sense that the sun is lowering in the sky and they tell Jesus, it is time, time to send these people away and time for us to eat and rest. And again, Jesus, without a breath, says, you give them something to eat. What? Are you crazy? We don't have the money to do this or the time or the energy. The math does not compute. The, log the logistics don't make sense. So Jesus asks a simple question. What do you have? Go and see. And so they do. They have five loaves of bread and two fish. Probably just enough to feed 12 disciples and Jesus as intended. You know the rest of the story. He takes what's already there, looks up to heaven, blesses it, and then he feeds everyone. All ate and were filled, and they collected 12 baskets of broken pieces. Each of the four Gospels tells of Jesus' arrest, his trial, his crucifixion, and resurrection. Not all of the four Gospels tell the story of Jesus' birth. But each of the four Gospels has this story. 
So there is something in this story that is essential to knowing who God is and what Jesus is about. So what is it? I know there is the unexplainable math, but I wonder if the real miracle is Jesus' compassion for the crowds. Because honestly, right now in this world, compassion, the gut feeling of having to act or needing to act for the sake of someone else, seems as limited as feeding a crowd with just five loaves and two fish. First, there is the human limits of how far we can push ourselves. And introverts in the room, you know this better than anyone. A public presence in life is demanding and exhausting, and taking care of others can take its toll. We all need time, of course, to catch a breath and to recharge our own batteries. There's also all the things of this life that keep us from each other. Demanding jobs, overpacked schedules, high expectations of performance and success. We have the privilege of escaping the crowds and the needs of people around us. If we keep to ourselves, if we go only to the places that we want to go, if we read only the news that we want to hear, if we escape the pressure with Netflix or now with Disney Plus to avoid the real world, and then there just is compassion fatigue. Right now, every day when I go home, my mailbox is filled and so is my inbox with every Black Friday deal and also with a request and invitation from every nonprofit around asking me to consider their vision in making a year-end gift. And I'm a nerd. I read every one of those letters because I'm so curious. How do they invite people to invest in their mission? How do they ask for money? How do they awake the compassion in our bellies? I mean, as a nonprofit, we can't offer dividends or shiny sign-on gifts. All you can really do is tell your story of impact and invite people to join you. Honestly, it is so easy to feel overwhelmed and to consider our work and investment here at Mount Olivet as just one option from a salad bar of nonprofit options. I know there are so many other places for you to share your money, your gifts, your time. But then I think about this story. We get to tell this story. Worship is the center of what we do here at Mount Olivet, the place where we hear and taste of God's grace, love, and mercy. And when we forget and begin to wander to other places, we're called back to hear it again. And we get to hear this story and wrestle with it a lot because this has been our dwelling verse for our church for the last 48 weeks. 
And it takes us back to the basic elements of the math problem. As the world sees it, it's impossible to feed over 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. The math doesn't work. And this is real, right? Because we experienced it over this last year. We got to the point where we said we want to feed people, but there's an impossibility of feeding people at a community meal because you need to have enough money to renovate a kitchen, and then you need to figure out all the details on how you're going to invite people to come and to get them to sit down with tables and chairs and enough silverware and then to order and grow and cook the food to feed them. And then Jesus, with compassion for the world, enters in. And everything changes. What do you have, Jesus says. God will take that and bless it. So sit down with the crowds and simply receive. So as we make way for 2020, we are first called to emulate Jesus and his compassion. Not to miss the crowds, not to miss the opportunity to listen to people about their needs and hopes. What are their stories? And then to see what we already have and to planfully create a vision to share and then to invite God to speak and act. What a bold act of trust that is. To trust with all our might that God still chooses to take what is already here and then make it go farther than we can imagine. This is true for you individually right now as you think about what you will share with Mount Olivet next year. You have to first say, what do we already have? What do we want to share? And then trust that this story is true, that God will take that farther than you can imagine to bless your family and to bless others. And it's also true for us as a church, as a nonprofit organization. We don't just trust the story, we live it every day. Every day, not knowing exactly how it will come, but trusting that it will. And trusting that last line, and all ate and were filled, and they collected 12 baskets of leftovers. So I invite you to live this story in your life and respond and see again the math problem It's not right, but it's how Jesus feels, and it's who God is. Now, for the very last time, it's time for you to finish this story. There's a little card in your bulletin for you to fill out and an apron for you to scribble on. What will be left over here at Mount Olivet when we all give what we have Dream big. Nothing is impossible we hear today. What could be possible for us and for the crowds? Amen.